Welcome to The Dental Brief, the world's direct, right-to-the-point podcast produced to get you the information you need to learn and grow your practice. To learn more about our guests and find links to information discussed on our show, visit our website, dentalbrief.com. On to today's episode. I'm ready. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. I have back on the show today, uh, Dr. Gupta. Dr. Gupta, say hello. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited. Got a great topic today, uh, a great problem that you're going to help uh, us solve. Um, so I'm excited. Um, I just have to start out the last time you were on the show, multiple times I got your website incorrect, and I apologize for that. So I want to start the show off and get it right. Your website is NorthridgevilleFamilyDentistry.com, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Thanks. Excellent. Patrick. So um, last time you were on the show, you talked about physical health uh, in the practice. Um, you talked about some cool exercises um, that you can do as soon as we were done. I got up and tried the one flat back to the against the wall. Oh, I could do it. Not a problem. Yeah. So felt good about that at 46 years old. Um, today, we're going to talk about um, something that we have a lot of practices approach us about, um, which is how to market your practice out in the community and how to become part of the community um, from kind of an organic um, type approach. A lot of practices struggle um, getting out and meeting people. Um, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies, um, that sort of thing for a lot of people isn't um, something that they're very comfortable with or that they're good at. Um, that's a big problem. Uh, talk to us a little bit about your experience and how you built your practice using that type of outreach. Sure. So um, I, my and my wife's practice, it was a from scratch office. So when we opened, we had no patients. And it literally, the day we opened, um, the only people that came into the office were like, the male person and I don't know, like a, somebody from the utility company. So we had no patients. And um, and that was worrisome because we borrowed a ton of money to get our practice to start. And the first instinct for us was to just spend a lot of money on external marketing stuff, you know, like mailers and and that type of thing. And we did that and we were just so disappointed with the response that we got. I mean, we were we were already in a lot of debt and then we were spending more money on these marketing things that didn't seem to be as effective. At one point, a high school teacher who came into our office as a patient, she asked me, she said, hey, Dr. Gupta, my biology students, um, I kind of want to host a career day type of thing for them. Can you do a dentistry can you do like a 15 minute bit about dentistry and i was like oh sure i can do that and i went home and i did a little powerpoint presentation and i gave the presentation and it happened to be pretty good it was a pretty you know i had these cool pictures of gross looking teeth and it seemed as though the kids liked it and i ended up getting one patient as a result so this kid must have gone home told mom and dad about this cool guy who came to the office and the mom and dad were like, well, we're looking for a dentist anyway. And I got a patient and it made me think, whoa, I didn't spend any money. All I did was spend a little bit of time making a PowerPoint presentation, a little time rehearsing, and I got a patient. And I thought, this is pretty sweet. This is uh, advertising. And so at that time, I was so slow. I didn't have a lot of patients. And so I didn't have my own third grade teacher or second grade teacher or kindergarten teacher who was a patient at that time. So at that point, I actually inquired with a couple kindergartens 
and the local elementary school. And I asked them, can I do a presentation about eating too much sugar and how to take care of your teeth? And I can't, I, every third grade teacher wants, they'll welcome a 30 minute break, right? They, of course, yeah. You know, the thought of some dude coming to the class and talking about something, awesome. Because right. they, you know, they were all like, yeah, we'll have this guy come and talk. And so again, I spent a little bit of time doing a PowerPoint presentation about sugar bugs. And um, I showed up, I had the entire third grade, um, the entire third grade. They were, so all the third grade teachers, they just pushed all their kids into this gym and they put a projector there. And I was able to do a presentation about sugar bugs and about how important teeth are and how to take care of them. And at the end of that presentation, every kid got a little bag with my practice, you know, a business card and toothbrushes that have our name and our website printed on them. And in the two, three months that followed that, I got like six or seven new patient families. And I thought, this is crazy. I, I spent a ton of money on these stupid mailers and got like one patient for six months. And now I'm spending zero dollars, a little bit of effort, a little bit of time outside of my comfort zone, and I'm getting new patients as a result. And that has that happened about maybe 13 years ago. And I've never stopped. Every year I go and give major big presentations to kindergartners and first graders and second graders. When my kids were little, I always went to their school and gave talks to their, and that always results in new patients. But the problem is, Patrick, I don't really like having little kids. I'm not a good dentist for little kids. I'm like, a, you know, I'm all like, I like seeing adults, right? You, sure. you have like this uh, personality to see little kids. And be like, yeah. hey, Billy, how, hey, Billy, how's the baseball team? I, I'm not very good at that. And so I thought, I want to see adults who need dental implants and stuff like that. That's like the patients I want to have. And so I kept on inquiring with um, the North Ridgeville, that's the city where I practice, the senior center at North Ridgeville and the Rotary Club. These are adults. And I wanted to give a presentation. I called it, the 10 habits of highly effective teeth. Hmm. And I, I, I just kept on inquiring, kept on getting rejected or having emails. Uh, not with how, are you, how are you inquiring? So did, I, would find out, I would find out who the president or the um, city administrator was who handled the senior center or the mm -hmm. Rotary Club. Um, and I would ask in, in the city where I practice, North Ridgeville, um, the, and the nearby suburbs. And I would okay. ask if I could give these. And finally, I got one. And it went really well. I put a lot of thought and effort into it. And that not only brought me new patients, but it brought me patients who were already like the most valuable kind of patients. The ones that already know you, already like you, already kind of trust you, and are somewhat interested in a particular service that you have to offer. There, there's no better patient than that. Right. That's like that's like the quadrifecta. Right. That's sure. a patient that knows you, likes you, trusts you and is eager to begin treatment. That's like the best new patient ever. And I got a couple of those and I thought, OK, I cannot get lazy. I'm going to put every effort I can into this. And so local businesses, large employers, school districts, um, rotary clubs, knitting clubs, um, any any club, I would try to find the organization's director, and I asked them. Oh, I would um, I would buy Panera Bread and 
pay for lunch and um, so that I would get a good uh, turnout. Sure. And I ended up with great turnouts. And that has, um, what's the word, snowballed, where once a I would say 15 times a year now, I'm being asked to give a presentation to a different group. Now to the point where I need to um, come up with different content, because obviously I can't just give the same presentation. Right, right. Yeah. So here's, I think, I think everything that you're saying is great, and I agree with it. I think the pushback a lot of dentists listening to this are going to have is that, hey, I just don't like doing this. It's not me. I don't like to schmooze. I don't like to mingle. I don't like to to network. I don't like any of this, but it's still required, right? So if you want, if you have more time than you have money for advertising, then I think it is something that you do have to do and you do have to become good at it. Um, if you're not good at it, you don't like it. Um, what are some steps that you can take and what's your experience there to, to help you get good at it? And I say that with, obviously, you're very outgoing, outgoing so, guy. So two responses. Um, number one is that my wife is not, she doesn't have the same personality that I do. I'm very comfortable in front of a crowd. And so it's, it's unfair for me to just go up to a shy person and say, hey, shy person, you need to go up in front of a bunch of people and give a presentation. Um, because it's easy for me. It's not that easy for others. However, my wife and I, we practice together. And she didn't want me to be the only face of the practice in the community. And so she actually joined Toastmasters. Uh, this was seven years ago. Do you know what Toastmasters is? I, I, I do know what it is, but um, I've never been myself. Um, and I've heard some, some rumors. So why don't you give us a quick one minute? So Toastmasters, it's just a community organization where groups of people who want to become better public speakers get together and they practice. That's all they do. Sure. So she goes on Wednesdays. Now it's over Zoom, um, but she used to go live at the public library nearby. And there would be about 20 other people there and they would just practice giving presentations. So one person will say, give a presentation about the vegan diet. And another person would give a presentation about their definition of liberty or something like that. Just anything that, that floats their boat. Sure. And then they would be judged and offered constructive criticism. And my wife found that there were a lot of elements of her public speaking style that were actually very relatable and very likable. But people said, listen, you need to just, you need to own up to some of this stuff. And then you need to just work on a little bit of your self-confidence. And so two years in, she actually started giving some of the same presentations that I was giving um, because she started to gain some of that confidence. Quick so question for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did she meet any patients at Toastmasters? Or so find? neither of us are very um, self-promoting, right? So okay. you know how you said, oh, I don't like to schmooze? Neither, yeah. do, neither do I, neither does she. Okay. And so we're not the type to just hand out her business card and be like, sure. hey, I'm looking for a new dentist. That's just, I think that there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just not our style. Sure. And so um, did new patients come as a result? Absolutely. But it wasn't because she was outwardly marketing our practice or the fact right. that she's a dentist locally. I think people just kind of sought her out because she was a likable person and their dentist was retiring or whatever the case was. And so they became patients of ours. What, what other resources besides Toastmaster are you aware of that can help some of our audience with those public, this public speaking and, and, and practicing becoming a little bit more outgoing and, and working in the community? So there's a, for those who are listening, who are readers, 
There's an author that I would recommend, and his last name is Gitomer, G-I-T-O-M-E-R. His name is Jeffrey Gitomer. And he seems like he's probably a very gregarious, very comfortable with public speaking individual. And he's written a series of books called like The Little Red Book of Selling or The Little Green Book of Presenting or The Little whatever. And I read actually all of them. And uh, Nisha, my wife, she read quite a few of them as well. And these are just, they're very easy to read books. They're, they almost read like comic books. And they give such wonderful step-by-step uh, -step ways to implement a stronger public speaking uh, acumen for anybody who's reading. Um, and I don't even know the guy. It's not like I'm, I have any sure. benefit to, to uh, promoting this, but it really helped me quite a bit. Yeah, it's great advice. Um, and this whole subject, something that I like to clarify with people is the difference between marketing and advertising. Um, I believe that marketing is everything that you do, whether you're aware of it or not within your practice. So I, I believe that marketing is everything from the presentation of your office to the way that you answer the phone, to the hours of the day that you answer the phone, um, to the way that um, you follow up with patients, um, both those that you've seen in the office and those that you have not. Um, and then advertising is one little bit of that marketing picture, if you will. Yeah. And so I consider advertising like those postcards you mentioned. That's not marketing. That's advertising. Presenting in the community. That's not marketing. That's advertising. And they all kind of fit within that plan. Does that, does that kind of sound familiar to you? Yeah, actually, I, I think you make a really good point. Actually, if I could expand on that, just. Yeah, go. So I don't live in the same community where I practice. I live okay. one community over. And when I started doing these talks, the talks were primarily in the community where I practice. And I realized at that point, you know, when I go to get groceries or when I go to the library with my kids, I don't want to go to the library in my community anymore because part of being visible is just literally being visible. I mean, sure, giving a talk, that's highly effective. But just being at the library and having other parents see, oh, look, that, that guy, I know that guy. I've seen that guy before. Um, or going to the grocery store and having other patients say, oh, I know that guy. You know, that, that's a dentist. He's a nice guy. Starting to do more of just your normal everyday things in the community where you practice is actually quite effective. And it's its own form of advertising. Yep. It's just being less invisible as a professional in your community. Yeah. You know, um, Patrick, I don't know if we have time, but I, I wanted to talk uh, um, for a moment about something else, and that's that's health fairs. Do, do I have a moment? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so what I found was at, there, there was this big push um, around the time that the um, uh, Affordable Care Act was um, passed. So what was that like? Um, I don't know, 10 years ago or whatever. And um, there was this big push where insurance carriers were giving large employers opportunities to reduce their overall premiums if those employers would have more programming that would encourage better health of their employees. Makes sense, right? Yep. And so employers all of a sudden started having um, motivation, having incentives for putting together health fairs and lunch and learns. And what you'll find, so in my little podunk community, there's probably about six employers that want to have professionals come and talk about better health. And they host once a year, they host a health fair. 
And of course, because I was really into this and I was promoting this quite a bit, they always asked me to be the dentist who came to the health fair. And this, while I think that giving lectures is the most effective way to get the most high value new patient, health fairs might be number two. And that's where you have a little table and you get to meet people who work for this particular company and introduce yourself and introduce your service. Sure. Now, what we did, and I, I hope every listener does this, we have an intraoral camera called a mouthwatch. I brought my laptop and I brought my mouthwatch and a bunch of barriers, a bunch of those plastic barriers. And when people came to our table, we took pictures of their lower lingual anterior teeth. You know, the teeth that get really nasty when you get your teeth cleaned. They, mm-hmm. And, and then on my computer, they got to see the, you know, this blown up photo of their nasty teeth. And I'm telling you, it was like the most of it, like our table always had, our table had like a million people around it because they wanted, they wanted to either make fun of their friend right, or, right, yeah. or they wanted to check themselves. And I had been doing health fairs for years where I was like giving out toothbrushes and other lame stuff. And, you know, I would get a few people visit it. You know, nobody really wanted to talk to us. They just wanted the free toothbrush. But this was like people were really getting to know us. So what I would challenge anybody who does a health fair, do something really provocative like that, something that will like gain a tremendous amount of interest um, because that was that was awesome. I mean, that was really, really nice for, for visibility. Yeah, and I'll, I'll add one, one piece of advice there myself. When you do these types of events, and I'm not speaking to you. I know you won't know this inside now, but the general audience, make sure you get the contact information of every person that you come in in touch with. So, you know, email address, uh, name and number, because over the years you can build a database of literally thousands of people that you can market directly to that cost you nothing yeah. um, or virtually nothing to send out an email um, to them once every three months or six months. Um, so ideally building your own uh, audience to advertise to is something you want to do. But if you don't at that health fair, gather a list of email addresses, um, you know, and you leave with just, you know, maybe you get a couple of people that do call you. That's great. But you missed a huge opportunity on 20, 30, 40, 100 people to follow up with um, long term. So that's just my two cents on that. Dr. Gupta, we thank you so much for coming on the show. You're always a pleasure. Um, audience, uh, NorthRidgevilleFamilyDentistry.com. Uh, check out the website, Dr. Gupta. You also do speaking events and uh, talk at meetings and are available for lectures and that sort of thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that website is called, um, well, it's just my name, AnkarGuptaDDS.com. Perfect. Yeah. So check out both of the sites. I encourage our audience uh, to get in touch for more information. Again, thank you so much for coming on. You got it. All right. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Did you know you can weigh in on today's topic on Facebook? Search The Dental Brief on Facebook or visit our website, dentalbrief.com, and just follow the link. We look forward to having you join us again on another episode of The Dental Brief.